0: about closing the gates and talking about dealing with the flesh so oh, come on we can keep just keep on you don't have to go way back down there. come on in amen make room we got two seats open down here i think you don't mind being on the front row do you come on in amen talking about the closing the gates of the flesh we're talking about how that uh, your flesh is uh no friend to the spirit of god your flesh is enmity with god it, the Bible says in your flesh dwells no good thing, nothing. That means even after you save and sanctified, and your dress is down to your ankles and you super holy, your flesh is still enmity with God. It means it will not get along. It always, usually nine times out of ten, it always wants to do opposite of whatever the Spirit of God wants to do. So your flesh, you have an enemy right, right next to you. You have an enemy, enemy. The inner me, enemy. me, you have something working in you contrary at all times against what the mind of the spirit is. So therefore, we have to be watchful of the spirit, watchful of the flesh. So let's talk about that. Romans 7:17. 7, now, then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform it? That which is good I find not. For the good which I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. it almost like Dr. Who, don't it? Now if I do what I would not, it is more that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I then find, I, I find then a law. A law is a principle. That when I would do good evil is present with me always he says for I delight in the law of God after the inward man my spirit man for I see another law now I delight with the law of God inwardly but there's another law at work in my members that means my body warring against the law He's mentioning all these laws. Pay attention to it. The law that's in the flesh, the law of God which my spirit wants to follow, and the law of the mind. The law of the mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. So there's a law of sin that is in the body. There's a law of the mind and then there's the law of God. He mentions all these different laws, these inflexible principles. O wretched man that I am... Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And people stop there, but he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of the sin, the law of sin with my flesh dwelling in you. What does this mean? This means you have the potential to rebel against God at any time. This means you have the potential, the static potential, to always do against what the Spirit of God wants you to do at any given time. So, the law of sin. What's that law of sin? The law of sin. What is sin? Sin is a departure from the original purpose and design from which God created something. When God created Adam and Eve, He gave them perfect bodies with no, no sin, anything in them, nothing foul. It was perfect the way it was. It wasn't holy because it wasn't tested. But it was innocent. There's a difference. Innocence is you don't know no better. But when you, holy is when you can be tested and then choose to do right. Then you separate yourself because holy means being sanctified. They weren't necessarily holy in the sense by choice. They were only holy in the sense that a holy God had created them. And they were untainted from the world. But their holiness had not yet been tested. And so when the holiness was tested, they had a decision. They bent their will. Now, they didn't have a sinful flesh that was causing them to fail. They didn't. It was the law of the mind that was at work that caused it. Because they didn't have a sinful flesh. But the law of the mind. Well, what is the law of the mind? The law of the mind is that the mind conforms to whatever it is exposed to the most whatever is exalted the most in the mind, the mind conforms to it. That's why the Bible says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the re- renewing of your mind. Because if you don't renew your mind, then your mind's going to conform. Here's the problem with our mind. You ever see something called, you ever heard a default state? A default state is what something falls to no matter without any effort, that's where it always leans to. Your car's default state is empty, not full. You keep driving, it's going to be empty. You have to keep doing something to keep it full. Amen. So the default state is really empty because it's always going back to empty no matter what. Right. So the default state of your flesh is the law of sin. And your mind's default state is that it's always conforming to something. It's always conforming and it's conforming to whichever law is the strongest at work in you. Paul says in my inner man it's the law of God. It's the law of God. That's what's what's that law of God. Now, I understand this. People say, that's the Ten Commandments of the book, that's the Moses. No, those are 600 and something laws that he gave the children of Israel. He didn't give to everybody. He just gave them to Israel. And some of them were sanitary laws, which we don't have to follow anymore. Some of them were dietary laws that he gave to them. That's not necessarily a commandment that we have to keep. But there's moral laws that have never changed. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. That's going to be right no matter how long we go. It's going to always be wrong to kill, always wrong to steal, always wrong to covet. The moral law. Now understand this, the law of God is the law, what Paul is talking about is the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. That's the law of God. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It's made me, because what? The law of sin and death is the one that's at work in your flesh. That's the law of sin. The law of sin that's at work in your flesh is the law of sin and death. It's at work. Why? Because your body's dying. Your body's getting older. Your body's getting, you know, whatever is getting. It's dying. It's going to, it's passing away. That's why Paul says the outer man perishes every day, but the inner man is renewed day by day. So inside, out in, in our flesh, it's degenerative, but in our spirit, it's regenerative. It's a regenerative. Problem. Now, uh, Adam and Eve's body was regenerative because it matched their spirit. They were in a regenerative state. They would, they would, uh, it would heal so fast, it's almost like they wouldn't have it and get broke. Their body would constantly be renewing, constantly regenerating until the law of the mind, which the powerful entity of the mind, the mind is the the will. It is the emotions. It is the intellect. It's the memory. The memory is the sum total of everything you've seen and experienced. It's stored all in your memory banks. They say every time you learn something, it creates a new line in your brain. That's what the scientists tell us. And so, your mind being powerful, the most strongest part of your mind, or we're going to use it for a better say, we're going to say the soul. The soul of a man. The soul, the inward part of man. The soul and the mind are synonymous in the sense that the soulish part of you, that's what he said in Thessalonians, what? I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be what? Be preserved, blameless. Right? Isn't that what he's saying? So he says, spirit, soul, and body. So you have a soul, and that soul is part of you. The law of the soul is that your soul is going to conform to whatever you feed it, whatever you expose it to. Now here's Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden, born in, in an innocent state. God they, God, they weren't birthed out of a wound. God formed them. They never were babies. They were formed adults, and God breathed in them, and they came alive. The Bible says he breathed and became a living soul. One translation says he became a talking spirit. Became a talking spirit. And he breathed. They became alive and they became animated. And he had such a powerful brain that he immediately began to learn. Now, I mean, that computer went to working. They have a guy, I think he's still alive. He had something happen to him. Something's wrong with his brain. It's abnormal. But he can beat supercomputers with mathematical equations. And they asked him, they had him do a test. They had a, I watched a documentary. They had a computer give this quadrillion, zillion number that's like unbelievable, and timed so-and-so, so-and-so, and the computer did it, right? And the computer gave an answer, and the guy said, I got the answer. They timed it. They asked him the same question, and he came up with the exact answer all the way down to the dots. And they did it to him over and over again. And they asked him, how does it work? He said, I don't know how it works. He says, when you ask me the question, and as soon as I take the question in my mind and start trying to figure it out, it's like I, feel sp- I see sparks in my brain and I get the answer. He tapped into the original brain. Why? Because our father Adam had that brain. And see, the fall caused us to lose that capacity. Some people, it slips through some, to some people. That's why we have geniuses. People who have higher IQs than other people, their comprehension is off the charts. because That's because Adam had it first. But the fall caused it not to go to everybody. It began to work. Just like, well, how come it just didn't take it from everybody? Well, how come death didn't kill Adam right away? After he ate the piece of fruit and broke the commandment and the law of sin and death came operating in his body, it took almost 900 years for him to die from the first breath that God breathed in him. So it was a, it was, what we're saying is the law of sin and death became active in his genetics and began to operate and affect everything that came out of him. That's why he told him the first prophecy is that I can't use your seed, Adam, because you corrupted your seed. I'm going to have to use the seed of a woman. <clears throat> Somebody asked me, what if Eve was the only one that ate the fruit? God would have let her die and he'd have gave him a new wife. That's just what would have happened. Because he's the father of mankind, and it wouldn't have stopped mankind because she, she can't reproduce without him. So God just would have let she would have went on ahead and died, and we would have had we would have had, uh, uh, we would have had um, when insomnia would have came along. I'm just kidding. This is a joke. Eden, I'm just, Eve, you know, I don't know Edith. Edith would have came. Well, but God would have changed because it was really the seed of all mankind was him. All the DNA on this earth was tied to his his DNA. So when his DNA was corrupted, everything connected under him as authority. The trees, everything began to rebel. Thorns came on the ground. The the curse ran through everything in variant degrees and cycles. So, how did they, with no sin in their body, no corruption, how did they get tricked into sinning? The law of the mind. What was wrong is, is that The devil had been talking. You don't know how long he'd been talking. You don't know how long they had been listening to him. Because he was already kicked out and already lost his place with God. And so he's just like a hater. He wants everybody to be in trouble like him. Especially God's new focus on this created being that has his own image and likeness. He wants to corrupt that. So he gets down there. You think God didn't know the devil was down there having talking? I I didn't know y'all was talking behind my back. No, God knew the devil did it, and he knew the devil was going to do it. This may mess with you. He actually planned for it. Because if you're not tested, you can't be validated. You know, as that child grows, she got to pass certain tests before you're going to trust her with stuff. You can't turn the ultimate authority of this household or valuables to her and have him proven to be responsible. God put the tree in the garden knowing that they would eat it. Don't get mad at God. He did. He's not stupid. He knew they were going to eat it. But see, in order for God to have what he wants, he has to put that option there because he don't want robots. He don't want people that he control like puppets. I know there's some people that believe that in church, but he doesn't want people... To choose him, because I'm telling, now I know some of y'all wish you could just make people be your woman, don't you? You are my woman. I'm your woman. Come on home with me. I'm coming home with you. You're going to do what I tell you. I'm going to do what you like. You would like that, wouldn't you? That's not how it works, though. You got to be a sociopath to want to have somebody like that. I can tell you right now, women don't want no man to just to do everything they want them to do there's a few things they really want him to do but there's a whole lot of stuff they don't want nobody to, to run over top of I used to tell this one guy he was just, he was with some girl he was just so he was like like Stevie Wonder's my sherry lovely he, every time he see the girls like you know light sparkle he was just so in love and she just walked by him like she could just drop dead he, she couldn't even care if he was living and he just be said I just wish I could be here I was like listen you gotta calm down you gotta calm down with all that because why? She could just know. She would just know how I feel. I said, first of all, she knows you don't know her. So she knows all that ain't even real because you don't even really know her. So what is it that you were in love with? It must be physical, so it's all lust. And she knows that. So she's not going to be excited by the fact that you'd give anything to be with her because you don't know. Because she knows how, what's wrong with her. And she knows that it's going to be something for you to put up with. And she can't believe that you're all that in love and you ain't ever met her and never talked to her and don't know anything. You know, she just keeps passing by you and so on. I said, and I'm going to tell you the final. Number two is boring. If you want a woman to get bored to death, would you start being weak, jelly back, and run over top of? Because nobody want nobody like that. Guess what? God don't want nobody like that. God wants somebody that he sets before you good and evil and says, now, which one are you going to pick? Now, I know what you're going to pick. You see, even though I know what you're going to pick, I have to let you pick so you can see what you're going to pick. So, but you can't say, I just went ahead and made a choice without you and disregarded you. Because, see, God's going to be just in everything he does. Now, which one do you want to pick? And he say, you say, um, I'm going to pick sin for 500. That's why, all right. You pick sin. All right. There's consequences for that. There's consequences for, there's consequences for both of them. God knew that the tree was there like the 800-pound gorilla in the room. All the other trees you can eat, but don't eat that one. Why, Lord? Because I said so. Why? Because the day you eat it is the day this is all coming to an end. And the devil slid down there. <laughs> it's a beautiful tree over there. You, think, you don't think God really means it's on everything is going to be over. uh, Can you imagine how many days he came by and talked to them? And see, the definition of a wife is a helper. Not help me, but help. Help me. I need some help. Well, you're in the wrong business. Wife is in the business of helping. Whoever man you marry, you're supposed to be helping him. Not harming him, hindering him, and stopping him. Supposed, he was supposed to say, man, an ally, a help is here. I, I can do it now, I got help. Not say, I would if I was single, but now that I'm married, I don't think I can make it now. He's, that's, that's not supposed to happen that way. So Adam was the one that got in trouble because he's the one that was given the commandment, not Eve. He was supposed to tell her, that her under his authority, she's supposed to follow his lead. Well, why did she go ahead and eat before him? Because that's really what he wanted to do. And since she was called to help him, she helped him. Uh-oh. That's what he wanted to be. Because he was the one considering rebelling against God and cutting the cord and being free and being rawr, and being the king of the jungle by himself. He was the one that was interested in that. And she had been listening to him and listening to the devil and listening to him and saying, I'm going to go ahead and start this thing. <coughs> I'm going to help you out. <laughs> Notice that Adam didn't say, what have you done? He said, is it good? It's good, ain't it? Give me some of that. He says, it is good. They got to eat eating that thing, and I'm eating and all of a sudden. Man, the whole planet shifted. Everything shifted. Because his genetic, spiritual DNA was connected to everything. He was hardwired into everything. You know, you bad. You walk past a tree and say, I want some fruit. And the tree starts coughing up fruit for you. <laughs> You know you're bad when you can talk to the trees and talk to the water. Walk out to the edge of the ocean and call up the whale from the bottom and say, "Come up here," because he was hardwired into the system. He was in the Matrix. He was the Neo. But when he took that code, that wrong, that virus, Woo! that virus ran through his code and now wasn't nothing responding to him. The lion over, he said, "Come here!" And the lion started chasing. He said, "Now slow down! Wait a minute! Stop!" Everything changed. He was locked out of the system. Nothing responded to him. All the he nothing. Everything was voice-activated technology. He would speak to it and nothing. Everything would respond to Now nothing is working because his spiritual DNA is corrupted with a virus that made him depart from the original purpose and design for which God created him to be the head dominion over this planet. Now he took a virus that made him subject to a new boss. The devil said those codes have all changed <laughs> looks like you locked out the system God that built you a house and you can't even work it no more now you gotta live under a new landlord cause I'm the next highest spiritual authority on this earth did you know I'm an angel one of the original ones and from that time death reigned and Satan became the god of this world through proxy, through Adam, who didn't know who he was and didn't know how to walk in it. Why does this happen? Why the bad stuff? Because the law of sin and death was released throughout the whole earth. That's why bad stuff is more inclined to happen than good stuff. You're more inclined to get hurt than you're not. To you see, this is the law of sin. And this is the law of sin and death at work in the earth. And so, the law of the mind. They kept listening and kept listening and kept thinking. It could have been a thousand years in the Garden of Eden. We don't know. But the law of the mind kicked in. And whatever you spend the most time with thinking about is what you conform to. And they listened to Satan long enough and they conformed to him. And the law of the mind moved forward and brought the body followed right after. And when the body followed, the curse was released in the earth. That's how the law of the mind worked. And guess what? It worked so good back then. The devil just used the same old thing. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, imaginations, high things. These are all mental games, mental warfare, thought patterns, the system of uncaptivated thoughts. And when a person continuously hears what the devil's telling them and constantly listens to them, what happens is it's called the destruction of reasoning. Well, in a normal mind, you'd know better and wouldn't do that. But now that your reasoning has been tainted, you, you're ready more willing to give in. That what I wouldn't do, that I do now. Because that law is already at work. You don't have to ask your flesh, you want to sin? Mm, uh. no, your flesh is like, yep. Yeah. You want to disobey God? Yeah. You want to tell a lie? Yeah. You want to lie and get out of trouble? Definitely. You want to take something that don't belong to you, and nobody's gonna miss it. and It's gonna get you ahead. I sure do. How, do. how fast can we do it? And your brain starts working through the intellect how it can figure out a plan to execute. And it pulls up from the memory ideas and thoughts from the past that you better learn from. Uh, see, once that thing starts working in your mind, it starts taking over all the inner parts. Once these thoughts are entered, these uncaptivated thoughts. That's why he said bringing into captivity. Every thought, that's First Corinthians 10, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When you fail to bring thoughts into captivity, they are there. See, an imagination is a system of uncaptivated thoughts. Some people, here's what Satan does, he will come in with an offense. He'll come in with a hurt, an injury or pain. because we're more we're more conscious of our pain and hurts than anything else in the world we don't like pain is really used in your body to show you that something's wrong and to fix it, but more it's become more than just that it becomes something that tells us whether we're going to keep working here or not or whether we're going to keep being your friend It's pain it's hurt we use pain to determine everything, and so Satan works on. The outside to cause offences. You wasn't doing nothing but mind your own business. Here comes somebody, lie on you, steal from you, do something to you, and now you have to struggle with hating them. Now you gotta struggle with wanting to do revenge on them and, and or feeling hurt. You got all this stuff that you didn't have and you wouldn't have had if it hadn't have bothered you. But now it's battling in you. So Satan uses offenses. That's why it's called the bait of Satan. To lure you in to get into offenses, because he knows if he can get you offended, then your pride, which is what makes you fall, is gonna kick in. <laughs> Who do they think they're talking to? <laughs> I know you ain't talking to me. Do you know I come over there? You know I do. You know, I ain't that saved. I'm saved, but I ain't that saved. I ain't forgot. I, Pray at sign, but I give you one. And see, the devil starts saying, Yeah, get in there. Get in that flesh. Because once you start getting in the flesh, and your flesh dwells no good thing. In your flesh dwells no good thing. The law of the flesh starts coming. And once your soul is fully inundated with this virus, oh, it, it doesn't have to be an offense. How about it can be low self esteem? How about your parents? didn't have no parents. Either they wasn't there or they wasn't no county. Listen, let's not lie. Some of us didn't have good parents. Some of us didn't have parents at all. You had to imagine. You you didn't have anybody. So you had to work it out and figure it out on your own. But do you know how many people today are suffering from everything that happened in their childhood? You got grown people right now that's in their fifties still struggling with mindsets that somebody did something to them when they was three and four and five and it left a re- a permanent record in their memory. And Satan always makes sure he goes there and dials up those things from the memory to remind you of who did you wrong and did this to you, so you can walk around not experiencing God's best for you. He works on it, so he puts these thoughts, these uncaptivated thoughts. And what I mean by uncaptivated thoughts is thoughts that you let run wild, thoughts of vengeance, hatred, getting mad. By oh, the black man is a problem with the inner city. The white man is a problem with this. Oh, it's the government. It's the Democrats. It's the Republicans. Ah, it's the president. Ah, all these thoughts is what he can get you. Ah, it's my boss. It's my sister. It's my no good daddy. It's my mama. It's the person. He's whatever he can get, he'll take it. You know, ever, you ever been with people that work out? When they say, you in pain, they say, take it. They say, they say, they say use it. You mad, use it. What do you mean, use mad? I'm mad. I'm take that anger and get in there and pump that iron. Use that anger. Channel it. You know what the devil say? No matter what it is, he say, use it. She rolled her eyes at you. Use it. She looked at you funny. Use it. They don't talk about you. Use it. He's into the business of taking that stuff. He don't care what you give. Just give him something. Then Jesus says something powerful. He says, "The prince of this world." You talking about the devil? He said, Jesus, what's your key to victory? He said, the prince of this world comes to me and finds nothing in me. He don't find nothing that he can manipulate and maneuver. Nothing he can use against me. Well, you have unfinished business, unfinished ideologies. You ain't forgave your mama. You ain't forgave your uncle. You haven't been able to forgive. Well, I can't forgive. Me. You don't know what they did to me. See, I know you hold holding on to that stuff, and that stuff is past. You can't get it back. You can't go back in time. You can't rectify. They might not ever get judged in this life for it. So you got to use it. You got to let go of it. And the only way you're going to do that is you got to renew your mind because if you don't renew your mind, your mind is going to conform to the default setting, which is the, it's going to keep on going back. But you got to get in there and say, no, I'm not. See, the Bible, whoo, the Bible says that nothing is hidden, that everything is made manifest in His light. For the Word of God, which we have to do with, He said it's sharper than a two-edged sword. That means it cuts both ways. Oh, he ain't got to, see, if He sliced you, He ain't got to pull it all the way back. No, He can slice you that way and come up the other way. Come on. It's a Two edges sword. What does it say? It divides asunder. It divides asunder what? The spirit and the soul. The part of you that you don't know, is this me or is this the devil? It divides between what is your soul and what is your spirit. The Bible says in that Greek text, it says in that very text, it says the word of God is a referee when it says he divides. He gets in between the spirit and soul and starts saying in that corner, in that corner, let's keep it a clean fight. Let's keep the distraction. See, he comes in there with the word of God. As you renew your mind, to the truth that says forgive them that hate you, love them, that hate you, bless them, that curse you, do good to them that despitefully use you you don't want to do that. the law of the flesh says you want to knock somebody out. the law of the mind says that sounds pretty good to me but your inner man that knows God wants to be like Jesus. but if you don't renew your mind to the word of God what God's word says, your soul will conform to your flesh and the thing that you know is wrong, you'll keep doing it. And if you keep doing it, eventually, Paul says, your conscience will be seared with a hot iron. You know what that means? When it says seared, it means cauterized. You know, one of, the worst, one of the things the devil wants to get you to do when you first get born again is to get you into sin... And to get you to do it to the point where you practice it, to where it don't bother you no more. Because you've worn over top of your conscience so much, you've rubbed, you've got calluses on your spirit. You ever see people who are skeptical of everything, jaded by everything, don't believe nothing anymore? Because they've been hurt and their conscience is no longer tender. And see, Jesus tells you, except you be like a child. You can't enter into the dimension of the spiritual realm. You can't receive from the spiritual realm because a child gets hurt and easily forgives. A child goes from one, he's, he's crying one minute and laughing the next minute. He's easily brought back in because he's not full of wounds and memories of hurts and pain. He can recover faster. You, somebody do something to you, you stop coming to church, you lay out in the bed eating hog and dogs. can't get it together. You down for the count? Because you got all these backwash of memories of pain, betrayal, hurt. But the child, he said, be like a little child. You've got to have a childlike heart to have childlike faith. Boy, you better not tell a kid you're going to get them something for Christmas and don't do it. Boy, you're going to have an enemy, boy. You're going to look back at them, look around the wall, looking at your eyes, looking at you. Don't you tell them, you, I'm going to get you something for your birthday. They'll be sitting up all night believing you. They don't know you ain't no counting. You'll never do what you say you're going to do. They don't know that you a flake and don't keep your word. They'll be waiting all night. Some of y'all will ruin people's holidays for the rest of their life. Because like a little child, that's why everybody shouldn't have kids. Mean, hateful, bitter people shouldn't have children because they pass all that down onto their kids. You train up a child in the way she would go. Again, why do, you have to, why do you have to train it? Why? Because the default setting—if you don't see training—means you interfere and you begin to change things. If you don't train, it's just going to go to the default setting: disobedient, rebellious, self-willed. That's why you got to get and get that switch out. And do some training. Oh, yeah, you got to. You got to get in there and train him up. Ain't that right, River? Got to train him up. <laughs> he said, I'm waiting on River to start talking right now. <laughs> she don't know when she started talking, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> going to graduate from the hand tap to the switch. I remember sitting in church, boy, on Sunday mornings, and all my little friends, my their mothers had them little switches. And you'd be talking, they'd just swats across that leg, boy. My goodness. You be talking too much slice. Not enough to leave a mark, but it's enough to get your attention. When they get really good, when they train you real good, they ain't got to do that anymore. Just give you a look. And memory tells you, I don't want that slice. I have seen kids be crying and laughing, acting a fool, and they must say, It's like Dr. Spock, no emotions. like wow what is he afraid of the law of the mind the law of sin the law of mind these laws are equally strong equally strong to each other and so here comes the flesh i gotta quit but here comes the flesh the unruly member you can't train it really i mean you can't really change it because it has that in it but what you can do is you can train your flesh because it's like a wild animal. You can't train it. You can train your flesh to exercise it, to use it, to come under. 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means I have preached to others. I shall, myself should be a castaway. Now, people used to say that. Now, he's saying he could be a bad, he could leave, leave, lose Jesus. He wasn't saying lose Jesus. What he was talking about is that after, I, what is Paul's calling? To be a preacher. He said, after I'm called to preach, if I don't keep under my body and keep it under subjection, myself will be cast off of my purpose. He didn't say I'm going to die and go to hell and lose Jesus. He said, you know what? Nothing worse than dying and being lost eternally. There's nothing worse than that. The only second thing worse than that is to live your life cast off from the purpose God has for you. To live your whole life and you don't ever do what God wanted you to do. Never. Never realize the calling of God. Or you get the low call and don't press for the high one get stuck in a low call for 30 years because you won't press for more following the crowd and not the cloud you see but he says the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus made me free from the law of sin and death the only reason i can live in a way that i master my flesh is because my spirit has been redeemed I have received the life of Christ. Being born again ain't shaking the pastor's hand and joining the church and deciding you're going to be a good person now. I have decided to follow Jesus. That ain't ain't being born again. Religious people do that. When you get born again, you have heard about Jesus. You have heard him and your heart has opened up and you believe this message you believe who he is he is Lord I have believed it's a revelation that comes to you Jesus said they can't come except the father draw him. he told Peter flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven it's a revelation of the father he reveals to you who Jesus is and suddenly you believe with all your heart and when you believe with all your heart you can't help but express it and it comes out your mouth and say he is the son of God and I surrender my life to him suddenly when you do that that same heart that's full of the word faith came by hearing and hearing by the word of god you got born again your spirit that was dead like adam's got recreated over that's why he said in ephesians three ten, for you are his workmanship recreated over in christ jesus under good works which he foreordained that you should walk in before the world was Who is Jesus. Jesus is the only one that's ever been chosen. What do you mean, preacher? I'm chosen in him. Jesus is the only one the Father chose. He chose him before the foundation of the world. Imagine it like this. He created, God the Father created a big old giant ship that everybody in humanity could fit in, and he passed that ship by the earth, and anybody that would get in that ship... Has been ordained before the foundation of the world. Because the name of this ship is foreordained before the foundation of the world. And so when you get inside that ship in Jesus, you are now foreordained, recreated in him. You're in him now. You're in him and him was ordained before the foundation. He was chosen before the world, before the foundation of the world. And now that you've gotten in him, you are now chosen in him. And now you've been recreated over in Christ and the path that God ordained for Jesus. Have you imagined when he broke the wound and came out of Mary and touched down on planet Earth, that there was no end? He says, and the end of his kingdom, there shall be no end. The increase of his kingdom. The prophecy of Jesus was eternal and expanding, and there was a pathway for him to walk path. Guess what? When you get born again and get in Jesus, the path that he foreordained for Jesus, you are now walking in those pathways. And just because he has gone to heaven, you are now in him him and he is now in you and you on this earth are now walking the path that Jesus would walk that he was here that's why when you show up the kingdom of God is here repent before the kingdom of heaven is here when you walk in your job when you walk in your hospital when you walk into the drugstore you are Jesus walking the pathway that he ordained before the foundation in him look at somebody say I'm in him that's the spiritual part. You're in Him. I don't know why people can't understand predestination. It's about Him. Did you get that? Does that make sense? He was foreordained. He was chosen. He had pathways that God ordained. His life was planned from the beginning and the end. He lived until the Father said it's time for you to go. Guess what? When you get in Him, your life is planned. Your pathway is planned. And I have not. When I tell y'all Sunday about the doctrine of Balaam, I have seen no misfortune. For I have seen no calamity for Jacob. God has not planned any defeat for you. He's not planned for Jesus to be defeated. Well, he got defeated. They got him in there and set him, him in the garden of Gethsemane. They whooped him all night and beat him all night, and then they put him on the cross and then they killed him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He didn't say you wouldn't have trouble. He didn't say it wouldn't look like you were gonna lose. He didn't say that you lose, you wouldn't lose everything sometime, but that's not the end of the story. Ah, oh, Don't forget the part that they put him in the ground, and he got up on the third day and said, Never no more. Never going to die again. Alpha and Omega. That's the story that God has foreordained for you. No matter the test, no matter the trial, no matter the suffering, no matter the loss, no matter what happens, you win. You win. He has ordained you to win. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that loved me. Nothing will separate me. Do you dig it? And when you expose your mind to that and you expose your mind to that revelation, to that truth, the eyes of your understanding gets enlightened that you start knowing what you are and who you are and the riches, the wealth of His inheritance in you. What He got when He got you? He got limitless potential hands, feet, arms, bodies to carry Him everywhere. That's why you're called the body of Christ. That's his inheritance in the saints. He inherited your body. And that's why you should reckon your body to be dead. It don't belong to you anymore. Put a lock on it and say devil no. You understand that? So what are we going to do with the flesh? All this great revelation but the flesh is still acting the fool. If you don't renew your mind with this truth, see, the law of the mind is it conforms to whatever it's exposed to the most. If you keep exposing, that's what about the faith coming by hearing, not having heard the word. Well, I heard that a long time ago. That means you ain't got a hold on it. Faith don't come because a man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceed, if not proceeded or you heard, it's a continuous connection. So, what about the flesh? Paul said, I put under the flesh. So, here's your flesh. Dwells no good thing. Don't want to do right. And if you let it, it'll dictate your life. And Paul calls these Christians, who even though you're saved, he said, you are carnal. Carnal means body ruled and not new creation ruled. So, you're a believer and you have this treasure in an earthen vessel, but you have through lack of knowledge or lack of teaching or lack of exposure to the truth, for whatever reason, Satan takes advantage of you, and this born-again spirit is inside of a person who is conforming to the world. And he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll be able to prove People always leave that part out. The perfect will of God, the good, the perfect. No, no, that's not three different kinds of will. The will of God is good, perfect, and acceptable. But there's three kinds of will. Is it acceptable? Is it good? No, no. There's the only the will of God that you can prove. You're supposed to prove the word of God true. The Bible says that He is your healer. Everything else says he is not, but his word says he is. You are supposed to renew your mind so you don't conform to the curse. Renew it so you get transformed by the renewing of that truth so you can prove that he's a healer and prove the good and the perfect. Prove he's a provider. Prove he's a way maker. Prove to the world. Prove that he never forsakes. Prove that he always comes through. Prove. Come on. You're supposed to prove it out. How? Transformation how? By renewing your mind. You know the because the law of the mind will do the rest of the work for you if you expose it to the right stuff. What, what you saying? Well I, I don't understand if you faith path, sounds like you saying something metaphysical. What I'm saying is whatever dog you feed is the one that's gonna grow. That's the one that's gonna happen. And then after your mind is transformed, James tells you, your mouth. Your tongue sets the whole course of nature. The whole, the course of nature? How about a, a stream, a river? How about a, a walkway? The whole course of nature is set on fire by your mouth. It's an unruly member, and nobody can hardly tame it. Here, yeah, but Jesus says, from the heart, the inner man proceeds adulteries, fornications, lies, and murders. It comes from the inside. Not what goes into the man defiles him. Oh, you better be watching. Oh, you can't. Oh, you, you're watching the, the who the power rangers. Cut the power rangers. I know the devil. You don't want that to get in your spirit. It's not what goes into the man that defiles the man. It's what comes out of the man that defiles the man. That's what Jesus said. That's what you You don't believe me. That's what Jesus said. What are you saying, preacher? The mouth is hooked to the belly. Even in the natural, your tongue is really an extension of your stomach. That's the truth. All the way down to your colon. The word colon, we get the word colony. This is the crown who rules the colonies beneath him. All that stuff. Go look that stuff up. That's what that, we didn't just come up with the colon because it sounded a colon. Colon for colony. The head, the crown, the tongue, the palate, all the way down to your belly. Do you know you ain't nothing but a walking belly? That's all you are. And your belly is the seat of your passions. That's why he comes, out of your belly shall flow. Out of the seat of your affection shall flow. Out of the center of your being shall flow. Where all your passion lies is where the water's gonna gush up. Out of rivers of healing gonna come up out your innermost being. Rivers of power gonna come up out your innermost being. Rivers of miracles gonna come about you. If any man believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost belly, where his passions lie, gonna come power. Not out of your flesh, out of your innermost being. This is good, ain't it? And so your mouth is connected to your stomach. Your tongue is one part. It's all one piece. If they was to open you up not to be gross. It's all one piece. They can tell what's going on in your body by looking at your tongue sometimes. True. Guess what? So is your spirit where the innermost being, where the life things come from, is also connected to your mouth. It's one thing to have a tongue, but there's but when the Bible talks about your mouth, it ain't just talking about your tongue. Your mouth is talking about the stuff that has the ability to create sound and cast images. Close your eyes. I'm gonna say one word: bus. How many saw the word bus? How many saw the image bus or thought about a bus? The rest of y'all are slow. <clears throat> I said a word, bus, and you saw the image in your head. Do you know that every time you talk, you're projecting images? Every time you talk, you're projecting images. Where are the? Where is the origin of these images? Out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart. You could have all kind of stuff battling that's going on. You going, you decide between this and that. You know, but whatever gets into abundance, your mouth is gonna start talking it. So what's the origin of the words? What's the energy behind what the words you're saying? That's why I know I know some people that their mouths are not sanctified. They talk. You know what? You think they don't curse. They don't use profanity. They talk doubt, unbelief, fear, worry, anxiety. Consp- I know some folks that can't come to church no more because they sit all the time watching youtube and conspiracy theories and they convinced that the churches everything is contaminated the devil's in control i had one guy he was and they're doing this and you know the government the deep state you know they're doing this And he was just going on all this stuff that's going on in the world and all these conspiracies with all the illuminati and the boule and he was just going on and on and he was preaching to people and telling them and i'm looking at the people like this oh god oh god and he's just going on and i said ain't this faith this is all death I'm not in denial that the devil is working, but I don't care what the name of the devil working, it's the devil working. Whether he's the Illuminati, the Boule, or the, or the Deep State, or whoever is, it's the work of the devil. But for this cause was the Son of God revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Tell me about how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, with power, with power. And he went about doing good and healing all, healing all, healing all. That were oppressed of the devil. Talk about the truth. Talk the solution. Talk the hero. Talk the savior. I'm not in denial. I know the world. Jesus said the world lieth in darkness. I didn't need YouTube to tell me that. I need a conspiracy theory to tell me that. I said all you're doing is promoting fear in people. These folk don't know what the truth no more. I said, sooner or later, you're going to have a whole bunch of people. They're going to stop believing you because they'll start thinking you. Because once you start that door open, that you don't trust nothing. And everything's lying. And everything's a trap. Soon, Jesus is going to be made up. And soon, the Bible is going to be fictitious. And soon, it's all an elaborate plan. And soon, it's going to be the reptilians from outer space that's been tricking everybody into believing that there's a white God. And he's Jesus. You're going to be believing all kinds of stuff. And you'll be lost. Oh, but when you've had an experience with the Holy Ghost, when you know that you've been transformed, when you know you've been born again, when you know you're not what you used to be, you may not be what you ought but you know that God put his hands on you, when you know that every now and then he begins to bubble up on the inside of you, when you know what you know. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Greater is in me. Greater than the conspiracy theory. Greater than the Illuminati. Greater. And he got it all worked out. He got it all figured out. He got it all planned out. It might look like they winning. Oh, but one day, when they think they got it all figured out, the carnival, the sky is going to break open. The atmosphere is going to crack. And the Son of God shall appear. Hallelujah. You better be ready. Hallelujah. I'm done I'm through <laughs> but the word of God as I close the word of God is sharp enough it's the only surgically precise instrument in the spiritual realm there's only one scalpel in the spiritual realm there's only one thing able to nothing else can crack the seal softly between your soul and your spirit only the Word of God is laser beam light able to slice and not harm nothing you got to be bad when you can cut a tumor out and not cut away the good tissue the Word of God is able to cut away And it's so bad, it's a laser. It cauterizes. It seals as it cuts open. Only the word of God is quick enough, sharp enough, and powerful enough to decide between the spirit and the soul. And get in there and get that virus out. And flood your inner man with light. Light that kills all the parasites and all the germs and all the other critters. And when it kills them, it vaccinates you. And it's so bad that when it pulls out, it closes the wound as it pulls out. Because he's the maker. He's the maker. He knows how to do that. It's the only thing that you meditate on it. You might take one psalm or take one verse that Jesus said. And take it and you listen and you meditate on it. And then faith starts coming. You don't have to make it happen. It just starts coming. It just starts happening. People say, oh, the doctor told me I'm just sort to do. I know what you need to do. Get in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and stay there. But well, I've read those books before. Well, faith don't come by having heard. Come by hearing. Get in there and hear it again. Read it again. Say it again. Hear it again. Hear the words of Jesus. <laughs> because when you hear his words and it comes into your mind, It starts renewing your mind. And the law of the mind says, let's start going shifting back. And as the mind is renewed, it changes the mouth. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. And begin to call things that be not as though they were. And they become. Because the word that you're hearing is alive. See, Jesus is quantum. You know what quantum is? That means the smallest part of the thing is equal to everything in the whole. Because it's quantum physics. Every word of Jesus is Jesus. Every piece, the, dot, the the dotting of the eye, and the, he said one jot or one tittle, that's all Jesus. I, even the periods of Jesus are loaded. Come on, even the size, the gas are loaded with light. When he speaks, that laser beam, that light goes inside your heart, and guess what? The Word becomes flesh once again. It becomes flesh once again. Why? Because it takes on your flesh. Are you listening? As you renew the mind. We'll talk about the fasted life next week. Fasting. What is fasting for? What is disciplining the flesh? People think fasting is hunger striking God and making God do something. God is no more moved at the beginning than he is after. He's not like you. You can't move him and make him. You can't manipulate him. All you can do is, what are you saying? Where? I'm getting right there, I'm lining up to what you say, the power of God always follows obedience, doing what he say. If you can hear what he has to say, you can find a solution out. He'll talk you out of anything. You didn't catch that, did you? He'll talk you out of being sick. He'll talk you out of being broke. He'll talk you out of dying early. He'll talk you out of all kinds. He'll talk you right out of it. Because he's the living word. The law of the mind, the law of the flesh, and the law of the sin and death, and the law of the spirit of life. Cause see, my final closing. I'm about to burn up in here. Your soul is the middle man. It's the referee between the spirit and the flesh. On the flesh is the law of sin and death in operation. In your spirit is the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What's the law of the spirit of life in creation? It's the same power that called Jesus up out of the heart of the earth and recreated his body and caused him to be born again. That's the law. That's at work in your spirit that makes you a son of God, a new creation. Now, I said that to say this. Whatever you believe and listen to determines which law you're going to activate in you. If you feed your fear and listen to your doubts and feed that stuff and start talking it and start giving into that energy, you're only going to cause the work of the law of sin and death to start working. You th- Jesus, uh, what does that mean? Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, he says... For the measure or degree of priority and importance you place upon what you hear will be the degree of revelation and power that comes back to you, and more beside. But if you don't do, that which which you have shall be taken. What do you mean? You start letting the law of sin and death start activating in your life. It's bad. But then that's when you thought it was so bad, it goes up another notch and gets worse. Like, how did this happen? It's getting even worse. Because what are you listening? That, you got to stop it. That law of sin and death is default. It's already trying. It's already active. Mm. Well, I, what in the world are we going to do? Well, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to hear the words of Jesus and believe what he said. He always said, do you believe I'm able to do this for you? If you believe on the Father, believe also on me. Out of your belly. He's telling you to believe. See. If you hear the word. And hear the word. Well it's just so hard. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know this is going on. You don't understand. You're not in my shoes. I'm not. You're right. But I know. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I know the law that operates this world, I know it works, and if you do it only believe all things are. Well, some of the things, if it's God's will, he didn't say that he said, all things are possible to him that believeth. all things are possible to him that believe all things are possible to him believe. If all things are possible to him that believeth and unbelief is curable unbelief is curable you don't have a chronic state of unbelief you are made to be a faith being god made you with a spirit because he expected you to operate in faith just like him that's your default as the image and likeness of god is to operate out of the spirit realm you catch that what are you hearing What are you believing? What are you speaking? What energy are you allowing to dominate? Because if you let the wrong energy dominate, it will only cause the law of death to start working even more and accelerate. But oh, if any man be. If you believe what the word says, I says, you know what, Lord, I'm going to stop taking shortcuts. I'm going to stop trying to make stuff happen. I'm going to stop being like Abraham and going out trying to help God and bringing Hagar in the tent and raising, bringing out a spiritual bastard. Or some, some spiritual, you know, what a spiritual bastard is when you try to help God out and then some flesh comes out. That's why they call Ishmael the child of the flesh. Something that's birthed out of your own idea and ain't going to help God. Get back over in the spirit, go on there and get that old woman and have that child. Do the impossible walking by faith what energy are you listening to the power of God or the power of death it ain't no middle ground this ain't the force this is in the dark side which side which power which words let's speak death to the crops to the harvest that we don't want and let's speak life to the things that we want to come sometimes you gotta start rebuking some crops <laughs> start praying for crop failures uh, I didn't sold a bunch of unbelief <laughs> I got a Lord I, I'm on the right track now forgive me for that and you know God will give you something called super high powered weed killer it's called the anointing it breaks yokes destroys drives out devils give you an anointing that will cause a harvest that you can't afford to come to die hallelujah and at the same time it'll cause the other stuff to accelerate stand up on your feet I'm really done for real I hope you got something out of this I hope you enjoyed. it